Welcome back to another episode of Moms on High. With October being Vaccine Injury Awareness Month, today's topic is vaccines. Not only vaccines, but using cannabis to aid in the treatment of vaccine injuries. We're talking with Brandy Williams and AJ, parents advocating to add autism to the list of qualifying conditions for a medical marijuana card. There's a lot of information in this episode, so buckle up and enjoy. Williams, will you kind of just give us a little bit of your background? Um, you're not, I mean, you, I think you're a pretty well-known name in the cannabis industry. What do you think? Well, and why are you an advocate? So, uh, <laughs> you guys, so we smoked a bowl <laughs> before oh, we started man. recording. We always do. <laughs> Well, I don't want to answer the first one, so I'm glad you segued Okay. the next question, <laughs> so I'll answer that one. Do you not like, what question did you not want to answer? Oh, you're pretty well known in the cannabis <laughs> oh, industry. Oh, but I, didn't you say that so, there's a lot of people that hate in you the in the cannabis, cannabis industry yes, as well? I'm pretty sure. So I've been called um, a science denier, a baby killer, and dangerous for sharing my son's vaccine injury. So, my son, uh, you know, who I vaccinated on schedule, happened to have a, a very um, violent reaction to vaccines at his 12-month round. Um, his head swole into the 90th percentile. It was um, so big, it, was, it looked like the top of a light bulb, mm -hmm. and it, like it was going to explode. His injection site was, uh, was about swollen to the half a size of a chicken's egg. Mm -hmm. And even though I've fully vaccinated his 10-year-old sister and she never had that reaction, and they assured me that it's all normal and, you know, everything would be fine, just give them, you know, Motrin, Tylenol, mm -hmm. and and I, I, I still was very worried about it, and I called and I was, you know, brushed off. And um, Logan went on to have a high fever for five days. I thought I was gonna have to cancel his birthday. Um, and he was limp and lethargic. We had to carry him around like a sack of potatoes when he was walking, talking. He was actually very advanced. He was already saying baby ball, bubbles, truck. Um, we would hold his little baby food jar and he would stick the spoon in. He, his motor skills were there mm -hmm. and intact and he was feeding himself. That's incredible you know, for a one-year-old. Mm -hmm. No, he was awesome. He was yeah. a little flirt too and he mm -hmm. still is actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, he used to like scan the room anytime we were at the grocery store and like flirt with blonde women. <laughs> blonde <laughs> women. <laughs> Sarah's. <laughs> Um, so I think you, he's already caught your eye, a local joint, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's our home. But, um, so, you know, he was very, very, he had a very defined personality. I knew my son. We got him vaccinated. He never had any problems. A lot of moms see a slow regression and they actually have to go back through pictures mm -hmm. and put the pieces together after they're given a piece of information, you know. That was not our experience. My son's uh, injury was very apparent. He was medically diagnosed with encephalopathy, which is um, listed as a, a 
vaccine reaction on every single package insert. It is on the table in of injuries. What is that, it? I don't. I can't even say it. <laughs> <laughs> so there, you can't sue the manufacturer mm -hmm. if you're. If anything happens, you know, this is a mandated product. Mm -hmm. There's no other mandated product, only vaccines, right? But if you get harmed, like... You can't do anything. No. There is a tax um, on vaccines. And in 1986, the, you know, Congress passed the 1986 Vaccine Injury Protection mm -hmm. Act. And there is a tax on every vaccine. And if you... Become, you or your child become harmed by a vaccine, you have three years to file a claim in the Vaccine Injury Compensation Program. And some of these people don't even see problems with their children until after three years. Right, or they get told they're crazy by yeah, the medical industry <laughs> gaslights um, you and tries to convince you that nothing that you're telling them is real and that it's all in your imagination and it's not that bad. and. That's actually, yeah, that mm -hmm. happened to me um, when my son, so my son actually had two vaccine injuries because I was vac uh, gaslighted and saying, oh, the high fever is normal, mm -hmm. the, the sweat injection site is normal, um, he just has to get, you know, this break this high fever and he'll be just fine, mom, you're being a worry wart, and then... You know, I had gotten my flu shot three months before that, and I actually got the flu, and it took me a really long time to get over the flu. So I honestly believe that he was gonna, it's gonna take some time, and he's just gotta get over this virus. Mm -hmm. You know, I used to think vaccines were dead viruses and saline solutions. Okay. <laughs> I feel like that's what they try to keep I mean, yeah. I'm like, I can't yeah. say that I didn't think different. Right. I never, sadly, I never really put much thought into it. And that's what hurts. I you don't question think you things when they tell you, oh no, you have to do this. This is best. You just kind I, of. I challenge any parent out there to ask your doctor what is in, how are vaccines manufactured? What are some of the ingredients? And your pediatrician is not going to know. Mm -hmm. they, they're not going to know there's 250 micrograms of aluminum. They're not going to know they still put thimerosal, which is a mercury derivative, mm -hmm. in the flu shots. They're not going to know that it's cultured on chicken eggs or bovine serum mm -hmm. or monkey kidney. Yes, oh I can say monkey kidney. Mm -hmm. It gets better. You know, <laughs> cocker spaniel kidney. Um, human aborted fetal tissue also. I've called. heard that. So, we were talking about vaccine court, and the reason why I know so much about that is we did file a claim in the vaccine injury compensation program. It wasn't my son's pediatrician who I said, hey, my son's brain is swollen, and he had a stroke at his first birthday, and then, like, I, I actually am dumb enough to, like, let her convince me that this is all normal because mm -hmm. I went not dumb. Mm -hmm. I'm big on that. You yeah. are not dumb. You, didn't you know. were conditioned to believe what our doctors tell us and we don't question. It's just like your parent, you know, you're doing what you thought was best. Mm -hmm. You were not dumb for that. Is why do these doctors not side on the parent's side? Yes. Right? See, if, if, the, if the Hippocratic oath says to do no mm -hmm. harm, then why are they being 
hypocrites mm -hmm. in this. I don't I don't understand that. Money? Oh, of course. Oh, yeah. Of course, it's always money. So, but. yeah, I mean, my son blacked out in my arms the second injury, you know, that I have a hard time mm -hmm. forgiving my mm -hmm. son for, you know, yes. but um, he had a second injury and he actually blacked out and started seizing in my arms and I was like, oh my God, they are killing yeah. my kid. And, um, and my son's pediatrician told me that my son was a wussy. And I'm sorry, at uh, what age? He, he, he said, he, yeah, that she's told me, oh, he didn't, you know, oh my goodness. Uh, blackout. He just fainted because your son's a, a wussy Dramatic. from a little pinprick. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I can't even been. right now. I'm like, or maybe mm -hmm. he just knew that you hurt him the last time. It was time a she. Or... It was a she. Yeah. Oh, my oh, son from birth. Um, yeah, he should have been. So going through vaccine court, because I did make it be one month before the cutoff. You only have three years to file a claim in vaccine court. And I should have learned about vaccine court and the adverse event reporting system from my son's doctor, right? Right. <laughs> but I actually learned about it from a comedian. Mm -hmm. Rob Schneider did some like PSA and like talked about vaccine court and he mentioned Bailey Banks lawyer and I got on the phone and I started making calls and I actually found someone that was willing to take my son's cake. So your doctor through all of this never pointed you in the right direction of where to go, no, how to get help. No, she said that I was crazy and that my son was going to die if I didn't continue to vaccinate him, even though I almost watched him die the last two rounds. Um, and, you know, in his medical file, which I actually like had subpoenaed through vaccine court and the last two there's seven pieces of information that they're required to document lot number location of the inject, injection site who you know gave the vaccine mm -hmm. manufacturer you know other info and the last two rounds of vaccines my son got there was never any documentation of that the calls to after after hours emergency line were not in there like none of his developmental milestones were in there and you could see my son's head and you know because they take measurements yeah, of your kid every you visit mm -hmm. that's why <laughs> that's, that's why Oh, so to check for inflammation of the brain yeah which is actually very common wow the last time i took my son to, the, to our regular pediatrician and the nurse came out and says with the growth chart i physically told the nurse i said if you show me that goddamn growth chart i'm gonna stick it up your ass mm -hmm. and she looked at me she's like okay <laughs> I, like, I, I have i've had preemie children and I, I don't want to see anything about a growth chart yeah. in any way shape or form because right. it doesn't matter yeah, no, it doesn't matter and at all. I mean, you're again, not. if you're going to tell me, oh, your kid's small. I know he's small. Well, yeah, Come my son's a brain. My son was day. 10 pounds, 5 ounces, and he cannot gain any weight because the rotavirus vaccine actually triggered enterocolitis in my son. Wow. And that's listed on the table of injuries and on the package mm -hmm. inserts. And mm -hmm. there's, like, everybody just wants to think that ought to, like, there's an autism vaccine connection. It, it goes way beyond that. Like there's yeah, it's not just ADEM, which was just, that's why the coronavirus vaccine was just halted 
um, the Moderna vaccine okay. trials were just halted because someone had a them acute. Oh boy. Okay, I I just said it earlier <laughs> before that. You did. <laughs> I swear. Adem, um, acute demyelinating encephalomyelitis. There we okay. go. Mouthful. That is a um, So that that's paralysis. What does that sound like? Polio. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Wow. I haven't um, heard much about the uh, coronavirus because I don't plan on taking it. <laughs> so I really don't give a shit. <laughs> Well, this is, I had a, a, a family member who was um, very wrapped up in all the news, that's mm -hmm. all I'll say, and we had the conversation, and he would be the type of person that if the government said, go get the shot, he would go get the shot, mm -hmm. and we were talking, and he said, well, who here, we were having a conversation, mm -hmm. and we were all able to keep it civil, and he says, well, who here is going to get get the vaccine, and, and everybody in my house was like, absolutely not, and he goes, guess what, neither am I, Ooh. right, and when I was like, okay, all right, I guess we are right. actually all yeah. on the same page. So. People are learning. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's crazy. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of feel like it's crazy moms like me. I mean, there's so many of us and we're so silenced. Mm -hmm. But I feel like everybody knows somebody that has experienced a vaccine injury. That's how I've learned about it. And right. I feel mm -hmm. like numerous our government are. health regulatory agencies kind of know that. And maybe that's why certain gain-of-function studies bans have been lifted right before this global pandemic. Gain-of-functions. Mm, yeah. Mm. <laughs> I'm going to be researching. <laughs> I don't know. So, <laughs> obviously, I clearly do not trust our government health regulatory agencies. No. No, I think Bocci's name was familiar to me way before coronavirus, yeah. by the way, so I'm very biased. You know, I've seen him as a, you know, he's from the infectious, uh, allergies National and infectious yeah. diseases, you know. Mm -hmm. And so he is, I watch all of, there's four different government health regulatory agencies that oversee vaccine safety and efficacy. And I happen to think they're doing a terrible job. Because <laughs> I've been watching these congressional hearings. You know, these things are like four hours long and people don't mm -hmm. generally watch this kind of stuff. But I've seen it a million times um but Fossey I've seen him in the in one of these hearings lie about vaccines causing encephalopathy mm -hmm. my what might happen to my son mm -hmm. which is listed on every single vaccine insert you think I'm gonna listen to that guy right I don't know <laughs> right so yeah I think that we are much um, we need to rely on ourselves to create health mm -hmm. and you know when my son had two vaccine injuries you know the first one shame on them right second one shame on me and then my son has these massive behavioral problems because he had a stroke on his first birthday he's having seizures he um, you know had a stroke at on at his first birthday party mm -hmm. and the doctor gives my son a prescription for antipsychotics this mm. made by the same company that made the vaccines that harmed my son what do you think i'm gonna do no thank you right and that's exactly what i did and you know i got my son we've done so much to help him we got hyperbaric oxygen therapy to address the inflammation of his brain um 
we give him glutathione because part of MTHFR, um, your body does not create glutathione, which makes it hard to detox some of this formaldehyde mm -hmm. and aluminum that they're putting in these things. Mm -hmm. And polysorbate 80 and Triton X100. Just look up these things, yeah. you guys. Look up the exip vaccine excipient list, even in a Google search. Vaccine recipient list, and you'll be taken to the CDC itself, and it will give you a list of the ingredients. And I, I compel you to go to the material safety data sheet and just look at what these things are. <laughs> Pumping into our babies as mm -hmm. soon as they come out. Yeah, I mean, vaccines were meant to trigger the immune system in a way so when there's an outbreak you could you know it kind of dampens the disease right so why are they just coming up with all these different vaccines for everything mm -hmm. every yeah. little thing like um so robert kennedy jr i guess is putting together this big legal team and they're suing manufacturers and one of the things that his experts have found and Mary Holland, I know, is on that team, and she's an amazing research scientist and um, a professor at NYU School of Law, and I've seen this woman testify on the UN and who, in CDC floor before, and um, they found that um, more people are dying from the hepatitis shots then people are actually die from hepatitis <laughs> doesn't surprise me like wow. um, more people are dying from the flu shot than they are from the flu and hpv i i have to say the most claims in the vaccine court that i've seen are for the flu shot hpv dtap and mmr mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. um yeah, that's where I struggle with that one because my daughter just got that Gardasil shot mm. a year ago mm -hmm. and then it was like Even then I wasn't vaccinating the baby. I had stopped but I'm like, oh, well, you've already been vaccinated and we got to get you to school So let's go ahead. And I was mm -hmm. like, why? Oh The more that you learn it's just like the more guilt starts to set in and so, then but you're silent about it because everyone's gonna hate you if you don't vaccinate your kids and think that they're gross and well so that's kind of like I actually have PTSD on this one because I did what I thought was right and mm -hmm. I got my kid vaccinated. You know, we did what our job to protect yeah. the herd, but the herd turned their backs on yes. us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Who do you think is going to be every, nobody's helping me take no. care of my son and his needs. Right. You are. I'm on the same page. I, yeah. My son is a level three severely, uh, um, you know, it's not just autism. He has seizures. His brain swell. What did that do at one years old to mm -hmm. his brain? That stroke. You know, there's yeah. adults that don't even recover from strokes. Mm -hmm. um, you know, he had, he's constantly seizing. Now he has PANS, pediatric autoimmune neuropsychiatric syndrome. He has damage to his immune system, central nervous system. Um, he has. Uh, in, uh, inflammatory bowel disease like yeah. and people just are like no he just has autism or right. like right. he right. has right. liquid 
flaming hot, toxic smelling diarrhea dripping mm -hmm. off, like. I heard a lot about that in that documentary that we had watched, mm -hmm. um, and that was some of the first signs that they had was like toxic poos. Mm -hmm. We, uh, Brandy and I got hooked up earlier, it was later last year, earlier this year, and I'm learning, so I have two autistic kids, but I'm also very fortunate that my 17-year-old is relatively healthy. Mm -hmm. And my seven-year-old is also relatively healthy, except for most of his issues are uh, behavioral. But he has always had stomach issues. And actually talking to Brandy and talking to, I called it, uh, my wife calls it, I'm part of the mamas. Yeah. <laughs> for the medical. Uh, there's more than one dad. Yes, in yes, yes. So we need to do I like refer, a political pack and do like mamas and the papas. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so, but, so, uh, hooking up with the mamas, well, that sounded all right. <laughs> um, yes. Um, being introduced to the mamas and learning about more about autistic kids and more about other kids that have issues and all that stuff and learning about the stomach issues because my son has severe stomach issues and we're always going, what is going on? Like we have to regulate, you know, he's gluten-free, he's this, he's that, and, you know, we're always making regulating stuff and it was like, oh, okay, this is actually a fairly normal thing. Because for, of the vaccines. And autism as well. I mean, autism okay. kids and just everything about it. My, my kids struggle with the same type of things, but it's like, and I can never figure out, I can never pinpoint what right. it is. It's like, right. for a little while, I feel like it's gluten. And then we try to cut gluten out, but there's still other things that are bothering mm -hmm. them. And like the past three days, my six-year-old has autism and genetic issues also. It's just been all day long. My stomach's upset. My stomach hurts. And like he's got like the big bags under mm. his eyes mm -hmm. and just, but you can never pinpoint what right. it is. And then it's all like almost make yourself feel crazy again. Cause you're like, well, doctors are saying that everything's totally fine. And, but then you're looking at your kid and you know, they're not. Right. And they're complaining they say that, that to they're everybody. Not. Everything's all, your labs look normal. Mm -hmm. yeah. Your scopes yeah. look normal. Your scans look normal. My kid's um, not normal. Right, why do they, why <laughs> is there symptoms? Yes. <laughs> and kids don't make things up. Like, that's the thing, too. They don't kids, know how to when it comes no, to that. Right? Well, they, they, if they, they feel do that something, to they... people, too. Well, they and, treat everybody like they're drug addicts and they're mm -hmm. hypochondriacs. And they don't know what's going on. Why is everybody mm -hmm. so sick? Yeah. And my seven-year-old doesn't have the verbal ability to even understand. Okay. So my seven-year-old's more like an 18-month-old. So okay. he doesn't even have the ability to make stuff up mm -hmm. or, you know, make, you know, mm -hmm. whatever. So when he says, owie, owie, yes. he's hurting. He's hurting. Yeah, right. he's hurting. So right. your Logan is mm -hmm. on the spectrum. Mm -hmm. So we're, we both are. We both have Logan. Mm -hmm. Parents oh, to Logan. Wow. Yes. And how old are both your guys' Logan's? Yours is seven. Mine's seven. And then and ten. Ten. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So, right. You know. Well, I have, I have three kids. The one was born while I was in the military. Mm -hmm. uh, complications with my ex-wife's uh, pregnancy and all that, so he was born three and a half months premature. Mm -hmm. And then, so at, so that was 17 years. He, he just turned 17. Your wife probably got a shit ton of tribunaling and ex-wife. Ex no, she, uh, I just got to be very explicit. I'm not, I'm not gonna say anything negative, just say ex-wife. No, uh, my ex-wife did not live with me. I was in training when all this occurred, so she was never on base. But after my son was born, after he was released from the NICU, he was in the NICU for five months, um, uh, then he got the full rounds of injections and and so he's like oh, he's not even he's not yeah, okay. De, um what is it called uh yeah gestationally yes he gestationally. is yeah, he's still only correct, eight correct, months correct, old you know correct, he's, yeah so, so he's even more behind and they don't adjust the dose mm -hmm. which is bullshit though because they want so, you to adjust your kids do you know age. that vaccines have never been tested against a, a placebo Mm. Interesting. 
Well, Never. Let, Ever. Well, real quick though, but my so my first one born in the military while I was in the military got the full rounds of vaccines because that's what you have to do mm-hmm. uh, when you go for your checkups. And then my middle son, uh, not vaccinated. And is as healthy as a horse. Mm-hmm. And I will say again, I'm not going to say anything negative about my ex-wife. Her and I were on the same page as far as vaccines, and she's also in the healthcare. Um, and her and I were against vaccines, and that was through education and more time and all that that we did not vaccinate him. Okay. So and you're you're my you're middle second is not vaccinated. And at all. he's fine. He is a hundred percent healthy. That's he's, so nice. It's so nice having healthy. like being able to get like a cold in two days. It's gone, and well, you're good. But then this mm-hmm. is the strange part. My my so that my ex-wife and I have been divorced for ten years, and then my wife and I now we have a seven-year-old that is an absolute anomaly in the world through Phoenix Children's Hospital, and um, he has he has a genetic deletion, and he has uh, autism and all that. And then the biggest thing that we noticed this is a lack of an education on my part. So I feel partly to blame for this. My 13 year old, the middle, who was unvaccinated two years ago on Thanksgiving got uh, chicken pox. And my seven year old who is autistic and has developmental delays and all that, he's a picker. You know, if he has mm-hmm. a scab on him, he'll continue to pick. And it was literally like, okay, this will kill him if he gets it. And I found somewhere to, and we got on the vaccine and for chicken pox only. And ever since that day, he has not been the same kid. My wife and I have agreed, and she's like, I'm sorry, I get a little emotional. No. Uh, by the way, I am an emotional man. Okay. Like, I'm totally an emotional man, so. Um, my yeah. husband is too. My husband is heartbroken for his son. Yeah. Well, my I, husband would be the same. What's yeah. your birth sign? Um, When's your birthday? Sorry. August 31st. That's okay. Okay. August 31st. August 31st. August 31st. So, are you, are you a, a can- Cancer or a Virgo? Is that Virgo? Oh, yeah, I you can. I, I do know that it was Virgo. Don't pay attention to that You're probably a great gardener, too, and if you're not, you should take it up. I'm, I'm actually trying to. <laughs> Go ahead. I've actually built a, a little <laughs> thing. Virgos are amazing gardeners. You know, Trust I've, me. I've built a little thing in the backyard, and I'm really good at killing I mean, I feel like this is why vaccine injury is a relevant uh, conversation to the cannabis discussion. Oh, 100%. And I know a lot of people that actually hold that against me. But, um, you know, there's over 26 comorbid conditions associated with autism. Mm -hmm. And almost every single one of them is directly associated to the endocannabinoid system. I was headed there. I was like, well, we're geared for it. Like, it only helps your right. brain, if mm-hmm. anything. I mean, a lot of people, the reason, so vaccines are meant to stimulate your immune system. What happens if you hyper, hyper-stimulate somebody's immune system? Then you get an autoimmune disease or an yeah. autoimmune response. Well, what does cannabis do when you're, um, you know, engaging the CD2 receptors and modulating? I mean, it's like literally locking key. It um, is. Down-regulates mm-hmm. what needs to be down-regulated and up regulates what you know so uh, that's why I feel this conversation is relevant relevant to the cannabis you know 100% and doctors don't want to talk to you about that either do you guys know I'm a highly controversial person I guess I feel you (laughs) trust me I do (laughs) do you guys both use CBD THC for your kids what what do you guys use so we looked into CBD in 2014 okay and uh, I'm not a big fan, okay. Uh, to be honest, um, just because I didn't see any results for my son, for one, mm-hmm. and it's very expensive, right? Okay. How that long is... did you try to treat with the CBD? 
like for a year. We didn't Holy get him shit. a okay. card until he was five. Okay. okay. And my son, unfortunately, well, fortunately, doesn't have any other symptoms of autism, not symptoms, but other issues that I can get him his card. Okay. So THC is 100% off, and I understand the the implications of possibly CBD in this world as well. Mm -hmm. And we have tried them on CBD, and it depends on which one. Yeah, the it quality of it. Yeah. Yes. But work. But I will stand here and say that um, without the ability to try THC on him, simply because I don't want to go to jail. Um, <laughs> you know, he's the type of kid where he could fall and bump his head, and if I have to take him to the hospital, they, they would, test. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah like yeah. I'm not scared to give my son THC. I'm scared of the legal ramifications. God forbid something 100%. like that happens. 100%. And so the the CBD, but we're not noticing a big enough effect off of just the CBD to justify the continual mm -hmm. use because it's just it's a, it's incredibly expensive, and it just is not the what I was expecting. It's not right. as as well like I said without the THC component. Mm -hmm. That's so. kind of almost the point that I'm feeling with my son. Like I see some improvements mm -hmm. in some days. It's really really good, but it's like. I'm spending a lot, a lot, a lot, yes. and he refuses to take tinctures. He only wants gummies, and so trying to find gummies. He has ADHD too, so okay. trying to find gummies that don't have food dyes in them is virtually impossible. So I'm like, he just had a, a psych eval, and his psychiatrist is pushing the antipsychotic drugs, and so I'm he's just six. he's six. I know, and so then oh, I'm like, what do we try next? But he does have a genetic disorder that causes pain. So then I've considered, mm. like, do we look into getting his card and trying THC also? But I just went through a year and a half long custody battle okay. to be able to get start giving him CBD alone. Yes. So, yes. Was that because of the other side of the, of the, yes. of that was against Correct. it? Correct. Yes. Okay. So I have final okay. decision making in medical now. Okay. But it was a year and a half of fighting. Okay. He still is fighting the autism diagnosis okay. as well. And I, I could say that. Sounds like some Yeah. On my 17 year old son, though, uh, again, my ex and I are in, we're actually in um, agreement with that, and I tried CBD on him. Okay. And he tells me that he likes using CBD. Hmm. His dad it slows my brain down and I can think. Oh. And he, he, has a, he, he stutters and has speech therapy, occupational therapy, and all that. And it is undeniable his his 13 year old brother my typical kid um will say dad did you just give him cbd I'm like, yeah because <laughs> he can see it yeah he can recognize it and does it help it. with his stutter oh, like does it, it goes slows it down it goes away because his brain's yes. able to process yes Damn, you, that's amazing. so so to, I, okay. to answer that question I, yes and no you know, mm -hmm. one okay. is very... So it very depends rare. on the kid. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And my 17-year-old, I've tried all the same ones that I've tried on my 7-year-old. And there, I always get positive results with my 17-year-old. Mm -hmm. But I don't always get positive results with the 7-year-old. My 7-year-old is very, very... Uh, my 7-year-old is the Tasmanian devil. <laughs> and so, I mean, but my 7... Like I said, my 17-year-old so is much So that's where THC would probably come exactly. handy to calm exactly. down. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Well, it does so much more than that. Well, right. yes. Right. But I mean, that's one good benefit. <laughs> Actually, you know. <laughs> Yes. So what is the status of getting autism added to the qualifying reasons in Arizona? And what else does THC do to help? Because it seems like you had some good information. So let's talk about how it works first and okay. what we need Deal. to do to make that happen in Arizona. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So signing part first. So I'll give you an example for Logan. Logan was, you know, level three autism. Um, every door in our house had holes on both sides 
of it from his head. The metal front door had like 32 dent marks. I've seen my son put his head through a window. I've seen mm. him. I wonder why he's banging his head. I don't think it's because he can't talk. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure that stroke and those seizures and the encephalopathy had a lot to do with that one. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, so um, you know, I've seen him head about a brick wall. Um, that was when we tried pharmaceuticals. So obviously, you know, um, we didn't just trial cannabis first. So mm-hmm. um, you did what you were supposed to and went with the doctor. Well, no. for his inflammatory bowel disease, I was very against mm-hmm. the antipsychotics. Mm-hmm. You know, so Understandable. we we did the prednisone for his inflammatory bowel disease and um, 20 days into the cycle he absolutely lost it and like head butted a brick wall and I had to take him in for eight staples oh my gosh prednisone makes you go crazy <laughs> yeah I remember when I was I've been on and off of prednisone for years I haven't taken it probably in like six or seven years now but when I would take it like three or four days into it I wanted to eat everything everywhere and I hate that's everybody probably why I have it. so many scars on my arms my kid oh my was, gosh he used to bang it his hab worker documented 75 to 150 headbangs wow. he was completely nonverbal. like we were getting kicked out of therapy clinics like you guys can't get here on time I literally had to walk into a therapy clinic with my son's clothes in my hand him on my shoulders with his arms wrapped mm-hmm. under my arms or and like holding on to him mm-hmm. with my my hands and like him biting my scalp and just like oh. we're in the door we're here it's like 30 minutes late please don't kick us out of your practice and just work with him for 20 minutes please so i can breathe mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. um you know so my son was in crisis mode ever since those vaccines <laughs> and um we could not find anything to help him for the longest time we did we tried we did hyperbaric oxygen therapy you know special nutrients diets and we saw benefits from everything just not enough mm-hmm. to keep him from trying to kill himself you know so we did end up getting tired of trying the cbd and we went and got him a card when he was five and uh it turns out he had like five qualifying conditions mm-hmm. and we didn't have to rely on an autism diagnosis. And we originally were just gonna be like, okay, we're gonna address each and every medical condition as naturally and holistically as he can, because my son obviously can't take anything. He can't take vaccines, Mm -hmm. he has a bad reaction. He can't take prednisone, he has a bad reaction. Everything I'm giving him, he's gonna get a bad reaction. So we looked to the cannabis to replace the seizure drugs. And like what we got was so much more we, um, my son would never sit still. So he had <laughs> like the constant yeah. need. That's yeah. why he said oh, he man. referred to the Tasmanian devil, right? Cause they literally spin in circles my, my, and my, run back and forth. Yeah. My seven year old from the instant his eyes are awake, it is, I literally do not, I'm a stay at home dad now, um, because of my injury, uh, but I, have to be with him every minute of every moment moment of everywhere of every day because he does not sit still he does he doesn't have the ability to sit still so it just i i literally i i, you know, I have a watch with the the counter on it and mm-hmm. i'll do twenty thousand steps inside my house just chasing following him, him just following him all around just following him all around guys i'm never gonna bitch about my kids <laughs> <laughs> well, and, hey. and, and i'm a, and i feel very fortunate in the fact that 
my son doesn't have a lot of medical issues. So yeah. when I hear people with medical issues, I'm like, oh my God, mm-hmm. I never want to complain about my kid again. Yeah. It's a trade-off. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it's our reality. Well, yeah, I mean, you yeah. hear people that are have high-functioning kids, oh, I'm glad that, I'm like, and me, my son's very severe, and I'm like, I'm just glad my son doesn't have crap all seizures. Like that. That's exactly like, it. There's always it's worse. It's a spectrum, right? Yeah. But it's, everybody has their own unique challenges, and it just hurts my heart. Yeah. Like, people, nobody should have to suffer. Like yeah, That's where I'm so feeling for you guys. Where like, I'm going with the whole movement, thing did you all know that the endocannabinoid system regulates movement mm-hmm. that's why people with tremors and parkinson's right so the first 20 minutes my son got his first dose of rso mm-hmm. um he like his body just quieted. He wasn't like jumping up and down, rocking back and forth and flapping his hands and like going up to the TV and putting his face right there and stimming and running back. Mm -hmm. Like he actually kicked back and chilled and like looked at the movie and slowly sat down next to me and watched a movie for the first time in his life. And he laughed at the appropriate parts. He got concerned at the action parts. And, like, it was all appropriate emotions, which, uh, you know. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) She's got something in her eye. (laughs) But um, I just like I can't imagine how you felt in that moment. Right. Oh, dude. To have your kid. I t- I had my camera right there. I took so many pictures. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, thinking the same thing. Um, yeah. yeah, I have pictures yeah. all over my Facebook of the like first night and um, like I was able to read a book to him and he sat down. Like, could you imagine like no. being able to do no, that? No, without without having to tell my son just 9, hitting the book and like just uh, sit down. um so the fish <laughs> went into the yeah. you know. Know, like trying to read along to this book while they're you know tearing it out of your hand you know so um my son never slept um he would lay in bed and flop around like a fish we're dealing with all that right now mm-hmm. uh, and they just like they don't fall asleep no, until no. they like they p- eventually pass out from exhaustion that's right? that's mm-hmm. exactly that's exactly it that is exactly and, it do they so, stay asleep all night? No. Or do you have that? My, Sometimes they'll go to bed for a couple hours and they'll wake right back up. My son, uh, he used to be a very good, I apologize, I'm not ignoring mm-hmm. him, um, he used to be a very, very good sleeper and then just recently, like within the last couple of weeks, it's just, it's just getting worse and worse and worse and worse and worse and worse and it's like, what is going on? Mm-hmm. And so he used to be, wake up once or twice, but that's, but yeah, but he doesn't, he, he, he doesn't. You have to be laying down with him next to him on the couch. There is no putting him in his room to, okay, night night, it's time to go night night. So he still wants some kind of stimulation. This, mm-hmm. my son wants nothing but stimulation all day. And he's a jungle gym, so I have a back injury, so I can't pick him up anymore. I can't do those mm-hmm. things. So he just wants constant, constant attention. Mm-hmm. Sounds like both of you guys need THC. Uh, <laughs> thank God I have my, my injury allows me to have my car. Good. Thank God. That's how I keep my shit together, too. <laughs> so how so, do we go about when... Um, we gave Logan can't, you know, this is why, I mean, regardless if they have access to CBD or THC, we need parents to be able to access cards because the parents can buy the CBD in their in the gas station now. Yeah. yeah we've and discussed that. Don't scary. do it, guys. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, he's 
So there are trace amounts of THC. So if mm-hmm. anything, you know, when I first started advocating this in Arizona uh, five years ago, I actually had somebody, uh, one of the big advocates in autism society, tell me that um, uh, one of the main hospital doctors at Phoenix Children's Hospital told a parent of ours that he knew what us autism moms were doing and that we were giving our kids weed and that he was going to be testing any autism kids that come into the emergency room automatically for THC. So, Mm. um, you know, if you're giving your kid just CBD and there's trace amounts, like... There's a reason why our kids should have access to THC. Um, You know, if you want, CBD doesn't really bind to either of the receptors, right? If you, they tell us if you um, accidentally take too much cannabis, take CBD because it blocks the receptors and dampens the the psychotropic effects Mm -hmm. of the THC, right? So... If you want to modulate any of those 26 comorbid conditions associated with autism, you're going to want something that's a strong antagonist to CB1 and CB2, right? Mm -hmm. So also, kids with autism are not creating andidamine. Andidamine is what... we create two different endocannabinoids, andidamine and 2-AG, and kids with autism are not creating andidamine. Andidamine is identical to THC in cellular molecular structure. So, mm. um, you know, when my son my son couldn't speak, right, mm-hmm. for over half his life, mm-hmm. um, he knew language this whole time, but the connection from the brain to the muscle memory in the mouth was broken. And when I gave him THC, it actually, cannabis is, uh, creates neurotransmission. Mm-hmm. So whether you're using CBD or THC or any of the other cannabinoids for your child with autism, whether you believe it's vaccine injury or genetics, mm-hmm. doesn't matter. Um, you know, parent, I just feel parents should have be able to access all the cannabinoids. Mm-hmm. Well. On a, on a legal level, um, there's no reason why every human being on this planet shouldn't have access to Agreed. a plant. And Amen. Again, my, right. my background is, like I said before, I was a police officer here in the state of Arizona for 11 years. Um, never once in my life did I ever fight somebody who was high on just weed because it doesn't, we all, we all yes. know yes. I used to <laughs> work with a guy who was also a police officer okay. in AZ and he was one of our security guys at the dispensary and he said the same thing. He was oh, yeah. like, never once have never I once. fought someone. This is the most chill job yep. ever. And he's right. Like, you're not an asshole when you're high. You're an asshole when you're drunk. Right. You're a cop and you want to give your kids cannabis? Was. Was a cop. <laughs> was a cop. Tell but us that's... a little bit more, yeah, about your background. I see why you don't want to get arrested and go to jail now. Right. So uh, my background is is that I... And this is AJ. Yes. Yes, okay. Yes, my name is AJ. I, uh, my, I have a tiny, tiny, tiny little presence in the cannabis community. I've, I've done some uh, the volunteer work with production with Women Grow. Oh, cool. And I'm, we we did, yeah. 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 He's so. downplaying that because he's been up in the speaker's house. <laughs> you know, cool. The speaker's office with me. So, and... Cool. Um, you know, that's the thing in Arizona is we're a red state. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, yes. Mm-hmm. yes. They, so. they very much 
say they support law enforcement, right? They do, yes, but at the same time, they don't. They're not giving people the medical freedom. Mm-hmm. So, but that's what Republicans are supposed to be. Right, about, right. They're right? supposed to be smaller government, smaller regulations, and smaller yeah. and smaller that. That's, I have to remind them every time we right? <laughs> So, but my background is is that I'm an Arizona native. I did four years in the military, O two to 06. I got out of the military, uh, honorable discharge, Air Force, non combat, mm-hmm. stayed stateside the whole time. Did some cool things with Intel and uh, that type of stuff. Um, got to blow up some stuff too, but. Um, <laughs> And then I, after I got out of there, I became a police officer here in the state of Arizona. And I was a police officer until July of 2017. My career did not end the way I wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a one-way conversation. So mm-hmm. there's, I, we can unpack that later. That's not relevant to this. Okay. Um, but um, so at, it, I was also injured as well. Okay. So when I was injured, I obviously became the stay-at-home dad. And then I've had back surgery, which is I got my medical card. So I've been ever since... Now, again, I was a police officer. Mm-hmm. I was out there arresting people for cannabis and all that stuff. I used cannabis when I was in a teenager a few times. No, mm-hmm. I wasn't a, a hardcore stoner or anything like that. I smoked a little bit here and there. and had to admit that to the law enforcement mm-hmm. and military and all that What'd stuff. What did they say? I'll tell you right now that for the people who were law enforcement that admitted they used cannabis in their previous life, I, I, I got drug tested three or four times a year. I yeah. never touched it. I never touched it when I was a cop. Never, ever, ever once. Well, I mean, other than to arrest people. Never. Used it. <laughs> so if you so, want to become a cop, don't admit it. Yeah, because they'll just test you every year. So again, oh I never touched gosh. it. So um, when I got my med card, and I have a brother who's been an old school stoner for 20 years, and I was in such, I'll totally admit this, I was in such bad back pain that I called him up like, dude, I need something. He brought mm-hmm. over, I don't remember what strain it was, but it, it was like, oh my God. But then I started to see the benefits and the effects, and I really, really dove into, um, because I'm not an old school stoner, and I don't mean anything negative about yeah. that. I, that's not, a, I'm not mean anything about that. But I look at it 100% medicinally. Mm-hmm. So where where I do believe that it should be recreational, but mm-hmm. I I dove into the medicinal part of it. I dove into how can this help me, mm-hmm. and then I see again I, I won't deny the fact that I dealt with some stuff in law enforcement and psychologically, and yeah. I started seeing huge breakthroughs in myself psychologically. Mm-hmm. Then I started learning about CBD and all that, and then leading to the endocannabinoid system. Mm-hmm. And then when I was in when I was in uh, I, I'm still in college, went back to school. Um, Good for you. I, yeah, so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I finished my bachelor's degree in this December. Awesome. Yeah. So um, I started doing uh, what's called uh, book reports and all that stuff on cannabis. And then I started diving into it. And then yeah. being a student, I had access, you know, I could go through the library and access all of the academic papers, mm-hmm. unfiltered, peer-reviewed, and all that stuff, and get all the information. So I started really diving into the stuff and reading and researching. And I still have access to that stuff. So when we met with the Speaker of the House, I'm was able to pull up some stuff. We were able to pull it all mm-hmm. out, that, all that. So I started really, really researching it and saying, well, this is like not scary at all. Like I, I was kind of using it in the aspect of like, well, yeah, there's, there's a little harmful, harmful side effects. But then when I started going, well, there's, no, there's no harmful side effects. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. one of the things that all. we brought up to the Speaker of the House right. is like, um, it's NIDA, I can't, National... I can't even remember what okay. the acronym is. There's so much, so many alphabet soups out there. Right? <laughs> alphabet soups. <laughs> so, um, but uh, the it is funded by the NIH, and they have spent like over four billion dollars on cannabis research, and almost all of that was um, 
spent on research showing the negative side oh, of course. Like they could barely find anything. I, when we had our meeting with the speaker, <laughs> I'm proud of this moment when I can't. I again, I I know the others. I know the right wing propaganda of cannabis because I was a police officer. Mm -hmm. All you hear is the negative. And for the speaker of the house, in the drug, uh, the DEA, the Drug Enforcement Administration. In there, they have a, it's called the Book of Drugs. You can pick up your phone and Google it right now and you can read it for yourself. It's the Book of Drugs, the, whatever their big manual is that describes everything. And you look under marijuana or cannabis, whichever one it's under, and it says in there, it says there have been no reported deaths from the ingestion of cannabis. The Drug Enforcement Administration themselves admits this. And again, we're not talking about getting high and wrecking your car. We're not talking mm -hmm. about getting high and doing something stupid. Mm -hmm. From the ingestion of it, the mm -hmm. smoking of it, the whatever. Mm -hmm. And I can't, so when I handed that slip of paper to him, and I said, he goes, nobody's died? I go, nobody. And see, that's one of the things that we were trying to, um, so why don't we segue into like what has been done in Arizona? So Because it has been an uphill battle here in Arizona. Um, you know, because we're a red state and everything. Um, we haven't added, so our program passed in 2010, and we have only added one condition <laughs> to the list of qualifying conditions since we passed our program. For medical marijuana. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and what was the new one that was added? It was PTSD. And That's it was right. Five That's years right. ago. Yes. Okay. Um, so Jeez. the folks that got that passed, um, uh, Ken and Heather Sobel, along with all the veterans and Sue Sicily, they kind of, um, you know, stormed uh, the appeal process and, and whatnot. And um, so I actually met um, Ken and Heather Sobel during the PTSD process, and I got to see the, t see the tail end of it because I hadn't known that you know, my son did so well on cannabis, like all parents should have access to this. And so I was trying to figure out how it was done and I got to see the tail end of PTSD being added. Um, Ken and Heather actually did write a petition in 2014 for autism and several other conditions and they all um, died. Okay. And um, they ended up moving out of state. So I was on my own. Oh, yeah, dang. it's been a rough. <laughs> We've petitioned every petition cycle since 2015. There's two petition cycles here in Arizona. And one of the things that I heard the health department admit, and I think this was during um, when Heather and Ken were petitioning for PTSD, the health department does not want to add any qualifying conditions to the list of qualifying conditions because they do not want to give the public the perception that these government health regulatory uh, agencies condone cannabis use for those conditions. Because they know it'll fucking so help. So they keep mm -hmm. saying that our Prop 203 came with this, this set, um, lit, pre, you know, predetermined list and they don't want to fray from that. So... Petitioning the health department has been kind of, and I have professional world-renowned scientists actually. Um, she was um, a lead researcher at the Cancer Research Institute helping me write these petitions and every time it comes back with a bunch of bull. First, there was not, not, not enough science. Well, 
guess what? There's 16 states that list autism as a qualifying condition. Wow. Um, there's a yeah. Seriously? Yeah. Yes. There's a grassroots national organization <gasps> called MAMA. That's what, what I'm a part of. I, ha- I run the Arizona State Chapter, and I'm also the petition specialist in, um, for MAMA USA. Wow. Um, yeah. Almost all the states that we've gotten autism passed um, uh, are conservative states. And... So everybody's like, oh, it's Arizona, it's a conservative state, you're never going to get it passed. And I believed that for a really long time until this last session. Okay. So for the la- we've bypassed the last three legislative sessions, we've, we've been doing, we've figured out another way, and that's by, through legislation. So not only are we petitioning the health department every single um, petition cycle with a new petition, Every we keep addressing it. It's like peeling a layer of onions, and they draw it out for as mm-hmm. long as they can. And we did have an appeal on one of the we, on one of their decisions. We had Sonia Martinez. Um, she's uh, has her own law firm in in, in Mesa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, she actually helped us pro bono and appealed the uh, denial in twenty uh, two thousand and eight, um, and. It was a heartbreak. We didn't win the appeal, and so I just rewrote the petition um, and and addressed the concerns that they had, which was a lack of science. Mm-hmm. Well, there was a peer-reviewed human study that came out right after our appeal was denied, so I slapped, mm-hmm. put, put that one in there, and it's still not, they're still not happy with it, but um, so in 2000 and... 18, um, and yes, 2018 we had Senator Lisa Tondo write a piece of legislation that would just simply add autism to the list of qualifying conditions. Um, she wrote a House bill and a Senate bill and they both, they never went anywhere. They have to be scheduled to a committee before they go anywhere and they were not scheduling it to a committee. Then the next following year, Daniel Hernandez wrote a bill in 2019. Um, again, that bill did not go anywhere. Um, this last legislative session, our bill actually got scheduled to a committee. And that was um, Representative T.J. Shope. I think he was like the vice president of the House. That's not the technical name for it. It's like can't even remember. Okay. <laughs> I'm just gonna say vice, okay? But um, he made sure our bill got called to a committee, and he's a, a Republican, mm-hmm. so I was shocked, yeah. <laughs> absolutely shocked. And then our bill, we had to fight every single step of the way, and AJ was there. Um, we finally got it to the um, the health um, committee, and. There, several Republicans voted yes for the very first time in their entire career on a cannabis bill. Wow. It was for cannabis and autism. So we were really proud of that effort. Um, mm-hmm. We got, we almost had our bill out, you know, past the House, and we had support in the Senate, and, and we did get confirmation from our bill sponsor, who was a Democrat, um, uh, Diego Espinoza. Um, we did get confirmation from our, our bill sponsor that the governor was going to sign our bill. So um, our bill was about to pass the House, 
and we had a lot of media requests to be there. They wanted to hear our bill uh, on the floor for a vote, and we kind of got a pre-vote, and there was only five Republicans that were against our bill, which is huge. Wow. Um, Progress. Yeah. It, no, it was a fight like, the entire yeah. time, and we were able to convince many very important people within the Republican Party that this is definitely a medical need. Mm -hmm. You know, we've been studying autism for 88 years. There is no drugs to treat the core symptoms of autism. There's only antipsychotics to treat the, the irritability associated mm -hmm. with autism. This is mm -hmm. not... I mean, there's no just antipsychotics. That's yeah. it. When uh, going through this process with Brandy and Michael Weiser's the one that I got that got us hooked up together. Yeah, um, yeah. bless his heart. Right. right. Uh, going through this process. Yes. Oh I again, I worked in government. I thought I understood how the government works, and then I went to the House of Representatives and was like, <laughs> "What is this?" <laughs> Circus bullshit. <laughs> it's it's like it's insane and and there were okay, is it gonna get scheduled to a committee? Okay, it's gonna be tomorrow. No, it's not. Okay, it's gonna no, be next day. You have to commit to being down oh, there and all day. We were long, we were day. down there, I was down like I said, I'm I was I'm a late comer to the game. I'm just Brandy's the one that did everything. Um just being there and like, okay, sitting in the lobby going, Okay, are they gonna call us into mm -hmm. the office? Maybe, maybe not. And it was we were sending email after every day going home. Yeah. And I, I had all of my friends and family every I just send this to your representative. Send this to your representative. That is how we made it as far as we did it. Wow. And yeah. so here's me, little Brandy, been banging the drum for five years and then like went nowhere and all of a sudden this year we got a lot of support from a lot of people and there was so many emails that went out. I had staffers and assistants uh, approach me in the hall. And they're like, oh my God, these <laughs> photos of these families, they're like, they're like, I will never forget those images. Like you guys go through so much. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm so sorry. Like, so we were the talk of the Capitol for for a good three months <laughs> until yeah. coronavirus. Yeah, until coronavirus. So we we our our bill we got confirmation that our bill was going to be passing mm -hmm. the house with an amendment that I was not happy about, but I was going to hopefully change that on the mm -hmm. Senate side. Um, the media requested to be there, and there was not enough time or room to accommodate them, so they rescheduled our bill for the next day. And when we got to the Capitol. That's when they read off all of the, the money that they just allocated to coronavirus and they shut down the Capitol while we were there. Oh, shut gosh. the fuck up. Yeah, wow. coronavirus killed my bill. Oh, <laughs> ah, since, corona. Since 2014. So. Oh, gosh. Wow. I was all like hopeful on the edge of my seat, like, yes. Which, yeah. I mean, I mean, you guys have accomplished so much. Right. Well, you guys you know, are fighting. I am exhausted. I, um, coronavirus actually really hit my family pretty hard mm -hmm. like economically my son regressed how has it been affecting really? the services I'm like um, my son's nothing. not doing his behavioral <laughs> coaching because he's literally sitting there staring at somebody on a screen right. and he hates it and I'm afraid he's gonna start throwing laptops now he's already damaged one laptop the first week that he had it I'm like I don't I don't understand how this is supposed to work so how has that affected you guys oh my son completely lost it um, we were evicted during this pandemic at the very beginning. Wow. Um, yeah. 
eviction protection is was not a real thing so um, I know I'm not the only one that was evicted during this time um, so um, there went that and then he didn't have school I had to literally drive him down to school um, for three weeks and show him nobody was there mm. yeah wow he had um, huge behavioral regression which is to be expected like his all, all the security oh, yeah. was ripped away from him right routine, they're yeah. used Lack to routine. routine yeah exactly i know they get angry i thought i'm like okay we're this cannabis is probably not helping him like let's just give him a tol tolerance break and save some money or something oh no that was a bad idea like it really is helping him because once we got him back he's been back to school um his regular schedule full time this week but before he was getting some hours in and he was just so happy and um he did not regress he did not regress cognitively he did not regress in his goals That's at awesome. all awesome. he picked up right back where he was and if it wasn't for the cannabis i don't think that would have been the case yeah. at all because one of the things the endocannabinoid system regulates is cognition yeah. yes yeah. and memory mm -hmm. so he's able to retain um, you know, it just keeps getting better and better over the years instead of worse and worse And that's what I see in the autism community is like as these kids age and get older and they try all the all these drugs It's not helping them. Right. They get worse and worse and we're seeing the complete opposite even though It was a global pandemic mm -hmm. and our and our lives were turned upside down by everything. My son is still cognitively there and mm -hmm. like wants to engage with people mm -hmm. and wants to be at school. That's amazing. And it's amazing. because of the cannabis. <laughs> One of the things that Great. threw all of the doctors for a loop with my seven year old is my seven year old is extremely um uh, loves people. Mm -hmm. So whereas normally autistic kids are introverted, they don't mm -hmm. like people. My seven-year-old is the complete opposite. So my my six-year-old is the same. He loves. He says all the time, "I love every plant and animal of the world." <laughs> when, um, we went to the what's it called the Melmed Center. I'm sure you heard of that. Mm -hmm. We went to the Melmed Center for the initial part of it and all that. And the doctor was like, "Well, this is really odd, though. He's like has no stranger danger, and he's you know he's like." As as well you know, as he Mel can. Ben, he thought I was crazy when I told him about cannabis and autism. We uh, <laughs> we did not broach that topic with them. I'm sure he's just... open to it now. Um, mm -hmm. We've gotten Professor James Adams open to the ideas. Uh, is he at Melbourne? No, but they they're calling. Okay. Yeah. So we'll have to double check into that. But yeah, but that's the number one thing. So and so through all of this pandemic, it's it's been just a constant, constant, constant need for stimulation. And mm -hmm. when we he was my son was going to a public last year, he went to a place in Gilbert called the Life Academy, which is outstanding. Looks like the White House. It's beautiful. <laughs> and then uh, went to public school, and then the public school he was in. Was I know what place you're talking yes, about. Right on Gilbert yep. Gray. It's like wow, this is great. But um, he went to public school. And I live in Santan Valley. Mm. I'm in the Florence School Districts. It's not the most well-funded or the best, mm -hmm. but the teachers he had were incredible, That's and we great. loved them. And then this pat, the, the, obviously the pandemic hit and all that good stuff, so he wasn't in school at all. And ours was just six months. Right? Yeah, yeah. It just regressive mm -hmm. behavior. As far you as you guys, when people were complaining about having to work from home with their kids, were you just laughing like <laughs> <hysterically>? <laughs> I, I was working full time trying to homeschool while working full time. And, like uh, I don't know, there was a couple months there. I don't know what. 
weed. Like, right. literally, like, thank God. How did it work? Thank God right. I could <laughs> smoke, like, while I was working. <laughs> I, I think being an autism parent should be told. I, I agree. I agree. <laughs> shit, right? I, agree. I, totally I know. No, I'm, again, I'm, I have a back injury, so I'm staying home. I'm, because I actually had to, the reason I should have graduated from college back in uh, the summertime, but I actually had to quit my schooling because I was home all day with my son and my, and my son, my wife is a healthcare worker. Yeah. So she, she was, you know, an essential employee and, and all that stuff. So she was working full time mm-hmm. and she, she was home on, I, I do not want to sit here and claim to be, I'm taking care no, no, we're partnership 50, 50, hundred percent. And so, but when I was home with them all day, you know, I could not accomplish any, any of the schoolwork that I needed to do. So I had to quit. Mm-hmm. And so I got back into it. But since now and then he went to life academy the summer camp program at life academy and we started getting him back into a routine getting he's a little bit older now and we started seeing actually good improvements as far as cognition goes his speech and all that so we transferred him full-time over to life academy okay so he's going there now but he's not on a full-time schedule yet he only goes mondays and thursdays after the fall break here in a couple weeks he'll go full-time so we're still having huge behavioral yes so i think because you know this pandemic got me my life turned upside down and i really wanted to quit like advocating you know and my son already has access and everything but like, I honestly don't think I have the heart to do that. <laughs> so how about we just how about we just use this global pandemic to our advantage and be like, look. <laughs> the, the thing for me is, is that, like, my ultimate goal is to help people, and I want help from I want to help my son. My son is a person, and I just want to help him, and I want to help your son, and I want to help whoever else's kid. And it's like, what do we have to? do mm-hmm. to get it through these politicians head i think we did i think we did aj i honestly if the pandemic didn't happen our kids i think would've it would have passed had access this summer yeah. i think it would have so for uh, there's an opportunity once all this is over then to like re repropose it then correct we need to start calling our legislators and emailing yes. them now okay and maybe I feel like I need to I'm like, like jump in on this. Right. <laughs> like I'm, I'm all like how do we do this? <laughs> I, and I can tell you this that when I got first hooked up with Brandy, I had that same passion and fire. And then when I started going through the process and learning it, it's like holy shit, this yeah. is very like, like, t- like talking about Michael Weiser and seeing how much he advocated and advocated. Yeah. It's like oh my god, this guy was a, a, a miracle right. because I'm already like I'm only a few weeks into this and I'm like, well, this is a shit show. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same mm-hmm. time, having this conversation and understanding the, the ramifications and what's at stake here. He's yeah. the one who kind of pushed me. He, you know, I have, uh, my son's needs are very extensive and he was like, anytime he got a meeting, he was like, Brian Williams, <laughs> pushing me in, right? You need to hear this woman's story. And so um, he's the whole reason why Mama's even had a platform and our, uh, you know, legislators opened their doors for us. And who is this again? So Michael mm-hmm. Weiser was the former director of Normal. Mm-hmm. Um, he passed um, during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. It was from a heart mm-hmm. condition. So mm-hmm. um, it broke my heart. He was my go-to. So I don't even know what I'm supposed to do because normally I would be on the phone with Michael. Mm-hmm 
asking them what I needed to do. I was, Michael and I, again, and I met Michael at a women grow thing, Mm -hmm. and then again, my background came out, and somebody was like, you need to meet Michael, here you go. And then uh, I was advocating with Michael and collecting signatures for Prop 20, what is it, 7? Yeah, Prop 207, Mm -hmm. um, when Brandy called him, and then he was like, you have an autistic son, don't you? I was like, yeah. He was like, here you go. <laughs> that's literally, that's yeah, I believe it. Yeah. Yeah. I believe it. I've had patients come in and, well, I actually had a patient call and ask for Brandy. Brandy hadn't worked there for <laughs> four or five months. And I said, you know, I, I and I gave... I gave Brandy his name and number, you know, yeah, everyone knows Brandy. It really is. It really, really is. And yeah, I feel so. like we could just keep talking and talking about, because there's so much and I think we're we going to need to follow need it up to. with another episode for sure. Yeah. So this is exciting. Awareness month. And our um, episode, this episode that we're recording now will be released on October 4th and October is Vaccine Injury Awareness yeah, Month. Yeah. So that is why we are bringing this up right now. Well, and vaccines in general is such a huge topic yeah, with coronavirus, right. and right. if we're going to get it, and trial that yeah. just stopped yeah. because of it. Right. That was a 1 in 30,000 reaction that's a crappy vaccine <laughs> yeah <laughs> stay away from me <laughs> well we're just excited that we can have you both here yes thank, thank you, you so much, much. Thank, thank you for fighting for yeah. and thank you for sharing your stories too because i know you guys sharing your stories is really going to be helping a lot mm-hmm. of people too Good. so mm-hmm. thank you guys very very much Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. We had such a great time. I know there's a lot of information here, so please go ahead and um, check our show notes and our social media for links to these important topics that we discussed. Um, Also, listen up for future episodes with our guests, and don't forget to like and subscribe on Instagram and Facebook. Thank you, and we will talk to you the next episode.